And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Thursday, August 24th, and Mark and I are on vacation. That doesn't matter. We're still putting a whole bunch of episodes in the can so that you never have to go a day without us. If you really can't live without us, just hang out on our website, jillonmoney.com. Click the Contact Us button if you've got a question. Let us know if you'd be willing to come on the air. And don't forget, there's all sorts of great content there. There's free stuff like the weekly newsletter. There's the blog. There's resources. But most importantly, you can actually get access to us. So again, that Contact Us button is right there wherever you end up on the website. Right now, let's talk to Chris, who's on the line from Boston. What brings you to us? Yeah. So I was listening to one of your previous episodes where uh, the caller was talking about paying off his student debt and the interest rate was at a 4.4% interest rate. And you gave him the financial blessing to start paying off that debt sooner, which got me thinking about my own situation where, you know, at what point in time does the financial spreadsheet outweigh the kind of mental uh, Mm. relief of paying off your debt sooner? You know what? I totally get that because it does weigh on you. You know, when you look at a lot of confidence surveys about financial situations, debt that hangs over for many years, it can be really debilitating. I get it. So Chris, what is the outstanding amount of your student loans? So the outstanding amount is about 59000 And private or federal? It's private. And what's the interest rate? Uh, 2.95%. Oh, low. That's yes. good. Yes. It was, That's uh, good. I was very happy with that. Okay. I know you hate it though, right? I do, yes. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on. So you you accumulated this debt. Was this undergrad or graduate or a little of both? Uh, it was a little of, a little bit of both, and I ended up taking him private in 2018, and that was originally a uh, hundred and seven thousand for fifteen year loan at two point nine five percent. Wow, you've done a really good job of smacking that down. 
Yep. I, uh, it's one of those things where I've, I've gone through phases where, you know, I'm definitely overpaying when I can. And then, you know, I know the value of a dollar right now is worth a lot more when I'm older. So it, what's hard for me is I keep kind of flip-flopping back and forth between plans. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. For, so Chris, are you single? Are you partnered? What's going on for you? Uh, I am married. Yes. You're married. Yep. And are you married to someone who makes a lot of money? Um, not a lot. I, th- I would say we live comfortably between, uh, the two of us, uh, our income is anywhere from 235 to 255,000. That's good. All right. Um, does your spouse have, um, debt as well? <laughs> so yes. And she originally had a loan for 125,000. It's currently at a 6.8% interest rate. Mm. And it's up- Yes, and it's up to one hundred and forty-four thousand. Oh my God, we got to worry about her. Okay, but Hundred, what, wait, yes, but so it gets a little bit more uh, complicated because she's on a forgiveness program okay. where she has about four years left, so she's made about uh, sixty-eight of one hundred and twenty qualified payments. So you know she's just paying bare minimum, yes, uh, with the hope that it's just relieved. Okay. But that's important because that gives you some breathing room. That must make you nuts. Till that's gone, that's going to yep. make you crazy, right? Yep, absolutely. Okay. What are you guys doing in terms of retirement? Are you using workplace retirement plans? Does she have a pension benefit or what's going on? Yeah, so um, we both we both do have uh, retirement accounts. Uh, I mean, I can run through mine if that's sure. easier first. Sure. So um, I have... It, it, it's a little all over the place, but I'm, I have a Vanguard account that has, my brokerage has about 30,000 in it. Okay. I have a rollover IRA with 35,000, a Roth IRA with 44,000. And then from a previous employer, uh, this is with ADP, I have 44,000. And that's and, still in their 401k? Yes. And that's 37 in the Roth 401k and the rest is in uh, pre-tax. So in your current plan, are you using a Roth or a pre-tax? So I'm maxing it out with um, at 20% and 15% is going to Roth and 5% is going to pre-tax. Is there any reason why we shouldn't combine your old 401k at ADP to your current job? No, it, I have to go through the process of cleaning that up. I'm going to end up moving my rollover IRA and uh, my ADP one to my okay. current employer just good. so I can take advantage of backdoor yeah. IRA. Yeah, great. Okay, so that's good. So you got a chunk of money. How old are you, Chris? Uh, 35. And your wife? Uh, she is 33. So now, what about your wife's retirement? Tell us about that or, or her, her uh, accounts, let's say. Yep. So she has 65000 in a 403B, and she's currently contributing 16% with a 2% match. And she has, I guess I would call it a somewhat of a pension. It's a consolidated, consolidated cash balance plan at a 4% annual salary, which has about 21K in it right now. The cash balance plans are usually the old pension plans that were converted. They're not as good as the you know, like if she worked for the state of Massachusetts, it would be a more robust plan, chances yeah. are. Okay. okay. Yep. But it doesn't mean anything. It's like there's still money there. So that's all good. And she's going to stay in this plan for a while. And what about you? Do you feel like you are um, a little bit more of the wanderlust guy? You Chances <laughs> are you could move around or what? 
Not uh, with your wife. I'm talking about your job. Yes. No, I got you. Um, yeah, I've had a, a couple of career switches, but, um, you know, always seem to land on my feet, which is nice. Yeah, definitely. Do you guys own or do you rent right now in Boston? Uh, so we own. Tell me about the place you own. Yeah, I bought a place about four years ago um, that, you know, Redfin estimates anywhere from 525 to 550, but I would put it at about 500K. Um, okay. There's 339,000 left on that, and that's a 3% 30-year. Do you, do you think you'll stay in this place? No. Ideally, we would um, buy a different place but hang on to this for rental. Uh, rental properly. I mean, I think it could, you know, cash flow at least a th- like conservatively a thousand a month after everything. Uh, do you guys have kids? Uh, nope, and we are not having any. How about money in the bank? Um, yeah, in we have in total we have uh, about seventy five thousand. So when you look ahead and you look at like everything that you have, I know the debt bothers you, but besides the debt, you feel pretty good because it seems to me like you're in a good place. Are you feeling pressure? Um, I, it's not that I feel pressure, but it's making sure that I am doing the right things and that the pendulum isn't swinging to one side versus the other. I mean, right now the cash flow is pretty good on a monthly basis. And you know, what I've been doing is I've been putting about 1200 a month into a brokerage account, uh, split between total market index and then, um, a high yield dividend, uh, with the thought of that. If if my yield is a little bit higher than what the interest rate on my student loan is, mm. it kind of helps me sleep better at night. But, you know, I, I'm just in the mindset that I want to get rid of this loan as, as quickly as possible. I know. And then you have like a year like 2022 and you can have all the yield you want. But when the market plummets and the bond market gets killed, you're like, oh, I should have just taken that money and paid off my student loans. They are cheap, though. If you were to move. Let's say, give me a time horizon on the on a potential move. Uh, two, three years. Okay, so in two to three years, we move. You move to you move out of the city, or you move into something bigger. What do you think you would need to spend? It would be in the city. It, w- it would likely be around a million dollars. See, the thing that's weird about that not not that particular number but the 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 wrinkle it puts in my thinking around this and I'll get Mark's opinion also is that it makes it hard for me to want to pay down your debt because it almost feels like you know like why am i paying down a 3% note when i really need to accumulate some money but on the other hand <sighs> i i'm hearing that you're just like bummed about this mark can we pay down this 3% student loan and let Chris have a little emotional freedom or not? I mean, I wouldn't do it. I, I know it's driving him nuts. I know. That's why we have to think about it. I don't think it's the right financial move, especially with, you know, going from a $500,000 house to a million dollar house. And it's not like they're selling the house. They're going to keep it. So they got to come up with a lot of cash between now and then. Right. And so that so you see our conundrum here that if... If you're going to move in two or three years and it's a million dollar place, we need to get two or three hundred grand accumulated. Now you have thirty thousand dollars. I don't even know if you're gonna be able to 
hold on to the rental prop, the, the current property and hold it as rental income, because how are we going to get you into this house without a, you know, a decent down payment? Yeah, um, it's it's a it's a fair point. And again, two, three year would be the goal. But, um, you know, this is kind of the first year where we're really focusing on squirreling away as much as we can. So, you know, it, it's something that'll be reassessed. Is there a number at which you're going to feel less bad about your student loan? Like if it were uh, 35,000, would you feel better right now? Like if it is there some number under which you'd be like, oh, okay, that's okay. I can carry that. Is there something that you're in your brain you could think about? Zero. Oh my uh, God. No. <laughs> Jesus. No, I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying. I, I think it's just something where I, I'm, I'm the personality where I don't like having that debt over me. I mean, I hear even, you. even when I do the calculations out, it, it, I think I'm, it's only like 5,000 in interest over the course of the, the loan, the rest of it. So, yeah. you know, grand scheme of things, it's not that big of a deal. I understand. Okay. Our first bit of advice would be don't pay it off. If you are actually like, you know what, I'm going to pay this off, Jill. Tough luck, right? Tell me about that brokerage account has 30 grand in it, right? And I want to know, is there any, um, is there a tax liability in that account? Do you have tax gains or losses in that brokerage account? Right now in total, I think it's losses. Mark, you're going to hate this. The guy's going to pay this off. Okay. So I'm sort of like, if, if you already know now what where our preference is, don't pay it off. If you are going to pay it off, blow out of the brokerage account, grab those losses right now, take the 30 grand and pay down the loan, cut it in half, and then, then keep going. Don't do another big chunk. And then um, you've got to just build up your uh, liquid assets so you can buy a house and just know in the back of your head that it may be that you can't keep the the current place. You may need to sell that and come up with for your down payment. And you may need to delay by instead of two to three years, maybe three to five years. So that's the thing. Like, I don't really want you to do it, but I hear that you're going to do it. So let's be smart about it. Let's grab your losses and then we can replenish. And the $1,200 a month goes back into the brokerage account. Start from zero. What's the minimum payment that your wife is making on her loan? Uh, I think it just got renewed. I, th- I mean, it's only, I think it's like six or $700 a month. So they're going to end up having Mark two grand a month in a few years. So, you know, if the emotional weight of carrying that is so annoying to you that you're willing to forego moving in two or three years and making it more like three to four years, then so chill, then pay it, pay it down, use the brokerage account. Do not use the money in the bank account. Keep yeah. that 75 grand. Okay. Okay. Because you need that. Um, And then all the cash flow goes into rebuilding and it will not, you'll say to yourself, I know it's not the smartest thing in the world. Financially, it's not the smartest thing, but it makes me sleep better at night. And that's worth a lot. And that is okay with me. Okay. And I I think, I I mean, that's a, I hadn't really thought about that, about just cutting it in half. But another thing that I recently started doing, which is actually probably allowing me to sleep better at night is um, I opened up a new high yield savings account and it is specifically for a new home. 
And any interest that's accrued in that account, I'm putting it towards the student loan. So it's almost it incentivizes me to save more to that account because then I will be able to pay more towards the student loan at the end of the month. Dude, you are playing some <laughs> mental gymnastics there. Um, I, your back bend is beautiful, and your round off back handspring is even better. So awesome! Look, you could play whatever game you want, but you know that, like at the end of the day, Mark, is this not a Terry situation? It's making me laugh. We have a friend from work at CBS who's like would play these games with us. Well, what if I did this? I'm like, you're going to pay off this mortgage. I get it, Terry. Like, I love you, and let's just make that happen. And so, Chris, I'm going to say the same thing. I don't love you yet, but I'm falling in love with you already. I get it. You hate this thing. Let's at least make a dent in it so that you don't have to play as much mental gymnastics unless you'd like that and move on. And it's okay. You know, this is what I've saying, what I've been saying all along in this show. Sometimes we do not have to um, make you the most financially savvy decision maker at every turn because there are emotions that are clearly at play here. And so we understand that. So I want to satisfy that for you, Chris. I really do. So to do that. I appreciate it. I get it. I get it. Look, there's many times where I've said this on on the show before, like my greatest mistake financially is that I'm very wimpy. I do not like risk. Had I taken on more investment risk earlier in my life, I would be richer. And yet I was very, very content with the decision I made because I don't like big downs and I don't really enjoy big ups that much. So I am your classic balanced investor. And sadly, I've been that balanced investor for a long time. So, you know, whereas people move towards balanced investor, I should have been more growth, but it didn't matter to me. I would rather work an extra year or two to make up the differential. And that was the deal that I made with myself. So if you're willing to make that deal with yourself, Chris, you say, I don't have to optimize my financial decisions. The debt really bums me out. We're going to be debt-free. You're going to probably be debt-free in the next few years anyway. By the time that your wife is done, your your loan is going to be so, it's going to be peanuts. Look, who knows? Maybe you'll be making more money and maybe, you know, things could change in your life. As long as you're willing to make the trade-off, which is I would like to feel relief on an emotional basis in exchange for maybe delaying that home purchase by a year or two, then go ahead and do that. It's fine. Nothing bad's going to happen to you. All right. I appreciate that advice. Thank you very much. All right. You're going to take a deep breath. No kids. Um, you have estate documents, even though you're young and you have no kids, you still need a will. You still need a power of attorney and you still need a uh, healthcare proxy. Got them? Uh, I do. Yes. All right. Are you a lawyer? Uh, no, I am not. Not right. by any means. Okay. I thought I, I just was had a little, maybe a guess. All right. Anything else for us, Chris? Um, no, I did. I, you would be proud as of last night because I knew I was coming on. I, uh, I ended up getting uh, life insurance for myself. Oh, nice. What'd you get? Uh, 500,000. Perfect. For 30 years. 30 years. How much did that cost you for a 35 year old healthy guy? Uh, I think it's 35 bucks a month. Oh my God. It's so cheap. Good. 
If you would like to join us, all you need to do is go to the website, jillonmoney.com. And while you're on the website, you may want to subscribe to the Jill on Money live service because not only do we have access to quarterly live webinars, but we've got a whole bunch of bonus content, new stuff up there right now. Chris Gillibo, he just wrote a new book called Gonzo Capitalism. He's the guy who wrote The $100 Startup and Side Hustle. We've got Adam Levin talking about security and cybersecurity, all this great stuff. So just go to jillonmoney.com. Everything lives there. Okay, lift someone up, change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better, They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information, all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework.